The best part of waking up is doom scrolling ketchup. Four-year-old niece asked if I was also a grandpa. Running late. We'll finish yogurt in shower. In other news I just fell trying to get onto the elliptical. Two hours into this road trip and my husband is doing bad Seinfeld impressions. Is this hell? Welcome to Tweet Victory with hosts at Annie underscore Berglund and at CWC Radio. Welcome to Tweet Victory. I am at CWC Radio and I am joined as always by... At Annie underscore Berglund. Annie, I am going to set the timer for five minutes. Uh, how are you doing? <laughs> I'm good. It's Friday night for me, Friday morning for you, right? That's right. We, If we needed to rename this podcast, we could just call it Friday night and Friday morning. That would be a good... <laughs> That's so true. Yeah. <laughs> um, and we're both at our peak, right? Our our peak uh, <laughs> peak times of day. Um, I feel like like we need to check in because, to, you know, to use a phrase I say too much on the podcast to pull back the curtain. Like we for a solid two years talked all the time because our offices were next to each other, and now this is like the one time a week we get to connect. So yes, and it's like all of the thoughts that I have collected for seven days, I must throw at you right now. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. So let's uh, let's take a look at the tweet of the week. Uh, this comes from I think today, uh, and it is a it is a photo tweet, uh, and it says for my niece Olive, who's always on my mind, a year and a half later, and for the rest of time. And can you describe the the picture? Yeah. Oh man. So this <laughs> um, took a lot of practice to try to get the right angle, but it's a picture of my ankle because I got a tattoo. Uh, from this Korean artist who I love and have gone to many times. Um, so it's a commemorative tattoo. And normally the tattoos that I get are just kind of like, oh, I like the image. I'm just going to put it on my body. And I know, Sam, you're like not somebody who would get a tattoo. Am I right? Yeah, here, like, here's where here's where we diverge a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think you and I are usually on the same wavelength about things. But like with tattoos, we're quite different where I'm kind of like, ah, if I like it, I'm gonna just get it. And if I regret it later, like, oh, well, <laughs> where you would that I think that would be slightly appalling for you. Yeah, I feel like you maybe have a little bit more of an impulsive streak than I do. <laughs> oh, yes, absolutely. Okay. <laughs> Um, so I got this tattoo and, um, it's commemorative for my niece who had passed away a year and a half ago and it's of a giraffe. And I've been waiting to get this tattoo because I wanted to get it from this artist since I have worked with, worked with her as if I do anything, I just lay there and she, you know, draws on me. But, um, I have given her a lot of money <laughs> throughout the years. Um, so she, she is a Korean artist and, uh. Moving back to Seoul, I was like, all right, tattoo time is soon. So let talk, talk to me about the... Okay, I will say the photograph looks amazing. I, I don't think I didn't notice how well lit it is and how... Thanks, like man. How I'm sure there was some Lightroom work to kind of overexpose parts of it so that the, the tattoo really pops and everything else kind of washes out. The, uh, mm -hmm. the, the, the very, very, very white shoes to even like kind of blend into the background. I'm noticing all oh, yeah. of it. Well done. Thank you. Thank uh, you. So, so the image itself, it's not just of a giraffe. It looks like a giraffe, either like a, a circular framed picture of a giraffe, like would be in your grandparents' hallway, <laughs> or potentially a giraffe looking into a mirror. Yeah, yeah. So um, this artist that uh, I've gone to, she does a lot of like 
um, tattoo portraits of women. And a lot of times these portraits are um, like profile pictures of, of their faces and they're in like they're framed somehow. Um, so sometimes framed by flowers, but sometimes like an actual ornate frame like you would see around a mirror or around a picture frame. And so that is I was I texted her and was like, hey, I want you to do a portrait of a lady, but it's going to be a giraffe lady. <laughs> and I want her to, I want it to still be in a portrait like you would do for like a, a human person. <laughs> um, and she was all on board with it. So uh, a lot of it is her own kind of style. I was like, just here's some concept pictures of a giraffe <laughs> and like go with the, the way you want to draw it. And um, so she texted me less than 24 hours before she was going to meet with me to put it on my body and said like, here's what I got. Um, so there's not a lot of turnaround time of like how much you want to shift or change things. Mm -hmm. But I think that's kind of like the fun gamble about it is like, you are trusting an artist to do their art well. Um, and you're like very much paying for the style and like the imagination of another person. And so um, there is like a lot of trust. It's almost like, going into a hairstylist and saying like you do you i know that like i i trust what you make and so like do it on my head and so um i don't i think it's really fun it's probably it probably is that impulsive nature that i have that maybe is less likely in you <laughs> well it's very interesting because this this is sort of shifting the way that i think about this because i my image of somebody getting a tattoo is is very different than what you just described i would mm. assume that the person getting the tattoo would come in with a drawing and say, I want this recreated here. Right. Mm, and then sure. they do their best to try to do that. And that the, the, the skill of the artist is how well can I reproduce exactly what was on that drawing? Yeah. And, and people can uh, just like with, just like if you had to redraw a drawing, people are, either more or less good at that. Um, but this is interesting. This is feels more like um, uh, commissioning an artist to say yeah. like, here, here is, here is something that I want. And I'm going to give you a, a kind of sounds like a rough idea of what I have in mind. And what I actually want is um, not the thing that I want, but I want your, uh, your interpretation of that. I want your style on that. That's a really, it's an interesting thing. It's also a particular act of faith in an artist. I mean, this, mm -hmm. this makes you more like a, like a Renaissance Pope than like, than like somebody who just wants, uh, you know, wants an anchor tattooed on their bicep. Right. Yeah. I think I, I had called myself uh, a collector <laughs> when I talked to someone else about it versus uh, a Renaissance Pope, but I definitely like that. <laughs> I like your take better. <laughs> um, it makes you sound more sophisticated, but yeah, I, I think, um, that's the fun part. It feels more like a relationship and like following someone's artwork over the years. Like this person has put tattoos on my body for the last like four years on two different continents. Like she and I have met in places like we met in Canada, we've met in Korea. Um, and I think that is much more exciting to be like, Hey, I have this thought in my mind and I know that you are somebody who could create that artistically and visually. And that's not something that I have a strength in. And so like for you, Sam, as like somebody who has studied art and who is an artist, like 
you can see something in your mind's eye and create it. I do not have that ability. So it's really fun to like be in proximity with other people who can take something that is just like a little seedling and say like, oh, yeah, yeah, that weird story, that weird anecdote of like a giraffe, I can make into something super beautiful. And then to have it on your body for all time, like, I don't know, I really love it. It's it's really interesting to think about. Um, <clears throat> uh, wow, this I'm going to sound pretentious here, but to think about <laughs> the intersection of art and fear, um, mm. because at, when you create something, whether it's mm. a drawing or a painting, and the more public the thing is you're creating, or the more, uh, and by public I just mean not just you, because it's one thing. You know, if you're sitting and you, if you're sitting and writing and you're the only person who's ever going to read what you're writing, there is a little bit of fear of the blank page. But like the stakes are actually pretty low if you're just mm. doing a sketch or you're doing a painting and you have no intent of somebody seeing that there. The stakes are pretty low there. But like um, if you've ever done public art where you're painting in public or doing it, I when I taught art, I did demonst painting demonstrations, which as somebody who's not that much of an artist as I, I mean, I'm not saying I'm a great artist, but like, there's a kind of terror to be like, I am up in front of these people mm. and I'm going to do a painting in front of them over the next 40 minutes. I'm going to complete a whole painting. And like, what if it's bad? What if it, cause sometimes it just doesn't come off. Right. Right. So there's this kind of like uh, element of fear that comes into any creative process, but especially something that's public. But then also what's different about this is that, there is that same sort of art and trust and fear potentially in you mm -hmm. because you're also accepting art in a different way. Like if this is a, a drawing on paper, a painting on canvas, a podcast recording, you can always <laughs> just click delete or be like, yep, that one was not my favorite, but it's like, this is, yeah. there, there is this kind, not kind of, there is this permanence to this. Yeah. Um, so it is, it's interesting that I, I never, I never think about, this as like trusting an artist uh, in a, in a very specific kind of way in the intersection of art and fear in that moment, how do you feel? And I don't mean in terms of pain, but how do you mm. feel as this is happening? Like, do you just feel trust or do you, are there other feelings that you have? Absolute excitement. It's not even, it's not. And I think that is because I've gone over because she and I have, had many tattoos with each other like i've gotten over the vulnerability of like i am your permanent canvas <laughs> like i am the object that you are drawing upon and like you are leaving your mark on um no it's just absolute excitement and it feels like and this is maybe stupid but <laughs> it feels like i get to curate my body as like a museum of art and that like i get to carry with me art that I think is really profound and profound, not only for me, but just also like in itself is very beautiful and like well done. And I get to say, Oh yeah, I choose those people to put into this museum. That is my body, like these hmm. different beautiful works of art. Um, and I, I, I don't know, I think it's really empowering and certainly some of it is impulsive and like, um, and, and there's some like, stupid and and even maybe immature reasons to get it but at the same time it can like you can look at it in a way where it's like much more empowering i think so you talked about you know having this degree of sort of trust and excitement 
this time. But what about the first time? Ooh, the first time. Yeah, actually, so funny. Um, a lot of the first tattoos I have, I've already gotten them covered <laughs> with other tattoos. So um, my first tattoo I ever got was text. And I will never get a text tattoo again because people, you don't know how many times people will read your tattoo to you and then try to talk to you about what it means. So it's just better to have an image, right? So like I've gone over that original tattoo. There was another one I got for like, $13 on a Friday the 13th deal that I have also covered over. So like there has definitely been mistakes and like missteps and things that I didn't necessarily love and felt more embarrassed about, I guess. But at the same time, like it's easy to, it's an easy fix. Like, right. Like you either get rid of it or you paint over it. And like, I don't know. I, I, I don't know that there was, a, there was never a tattoo where after it, I was, I was mad at myself for getting it. I don't know. Do you know what I mean? Like there was never like a regret. Um, and never really a fear either, except for maybe the first time, just cause I didn't know what to expect. Sure. And then it's like, the pain isn't that bad and permanence. Ha it's like, there have been people who have, you'll always get somebody um, almost similar to like being a vegetarian or, or any kind of like, label that you put on yourself you're always going to have someone who kind of like tries to push back on it and so i've had people be like oh what about like when you're like you know decades and decades from now when you're like saggy and your skin gets different or like if your skin shapes differently and it's like well then that's just how my body is gonna be like it's gonna be that way no matter what so why not put art on it like at any point of time and maybe that's a 29-year-old talking and not a that's right. you know, the, 39 off, or 49 or 59-year-old talking. Right. But. In the off chance that one of my kids is listening, I do want to push back on it's an easy <laughs> fix. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. It costs <laughs> okay. money and uh, it is not always an easy fix. Okay. How about that? Okay. <laughs> yeah. And, and you, you, can all, you can direct that specifically to my children and then we can, everybody else can, you can, they can just hear it's an easy fix. If my kids are listening, not so easy of a fix. <laughs> okay. And any tattoo I've gotten after the age of 25, I have not covered over anything before that. Like I've mostly covered over. So like save it, you know, save it till a little later. <laughs> That's right. And don't tell your dad about it. Um, right. my, my kids don't tell your dad about it. Um, would you ever, and maybe we can close on this question. Uh, you talked about sort of this trust and excitement. Would you mm -hmm. ever go the next step and go to, let's say this artist and just say, here is a place on my body. Do what feels right. Would you ever go that far? Absolutely. Or you would. Yeah. So like not yep. even giving them no direction other than trust. Yep. Yep. Have and you ever done that? No, no, I would, I would though. I, especially if I get to choose where it is, it's like, as long as it's not super prominent, it's kind of fun. I don't know. It feels like, you know, remember those like lollipops that were like mystery flavors mm -hmm. <laughs> and you, <laughs> you'd like throw down 50 cents and then you're like, Ooh, I wonder what it's going to, it feels like that. Like there's a little bit of a gamble. There's some excitement with it. Uh, but this way, you know, it's like, it's going to be something that you like. Uh, that you've always kind of liked, you've always put your money into. So like, 
I don't know. I, so, I can so, see myself so it's, so it's like Birdie Bot's Any Flavored Beans, except <laughs> you have to taste that for the rest of your life. Exactly. <laughs> okay. I, this has been fascinating, Annie. And I, you know, I don't know. We were talking about this before. We've done over 100 episodes. I don't know that we've ever had like a a sustained tattoo conversation. No. Uh, and it's interesting because um, I've been pretty quiet on this episode because like I just... Um, I like fundamentally disagree personally. Like I, <laughs> I will defend to the death your right to do this, but it's just like, wow. If, if you ever asked me for advice, which you never should, I would be like, nah, you should like, yeah. My, my, my sense is always, you know, if you, if you have a tattoo you want, you should just get a t-shirt that has that on it and wear it every day for a year. And it's like, yes. there you go. And then do you still want to keep wearing that t-shirt? If so, maybe you can get a tattoo. <laughs> okay, a couple things, Sam. First of all, I can uh, speak to that point because I think when I was a sophomore or junior at Bethel, when I was an undergrad, you, I had mentioned to you that I was thinking about getting a tattoo, and I think your response was, why? <laughs> <laughs> it's good to know I was judgmental back then. <laughs> you weren't, no, because you and I were buddies, so, like, it was fine. It was hilarious. And I also needed someone to be like, Annie, think about it. And you would notice it took a couple more years before I actually got one. So I did sit and like kind of chew on it and think like, is this for me? <laughs> and I probably um, got rid of a lot of terrible ideas from when I was like 20 and had less taste. I don't know. My taste yeah. is still growing. Um, and then a second thing is... Nowadays, you can get tattoos that last for about a month. And so you can get something from like, like, let's say you follow the artist that I, I go to and you really love her style. A lot of them will start making tattoos in their style of things that they've already put on people's bodies. You can put it on your body, see how you like it, see how you like it after a couple weeks of having it there and then make a decision. I feel like that's a really good, like moderate way of easing into sure. it. Sure. Or of deciding, hey, maybe no. <laughs> like, this seemed fun, but actually I don't want this forever, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I won't be getting <laughs> one of those either, but I also don't like to wear t-shirts that uh, that say words on them. I just don't like... I, because actually, the thing you said about having text on your on your body and people like read it back to you and, and like have a thought about it, it's like, uh, yeah. my whole goal is to be invisible and like, yes. I feel like any of these things make you less invisible. It is. It is an invitation for a conversation. Yeah. And it always will be. And I can't be mad about that, right? Like, because I've chose to have this on my body. So it's like, because it was my choice and I paid for it. It's like, yes, I suppose you asking me questions about it or like wanting to talk about it, like fair game. Um, but should yeah, it be? I don't love it. I think um, I would never ask somebody else with a tattoo to like explain their tattoo to me, unless we had like a relationship. Sure. Before sure. that. Um, yeah. Should it be? Probably no. <laughs> but uh, but at the same time, I invite like, yeah, or like I acknowledge like, yes, I, I made this choice. I, I, I altered my body in a way that is very visible and people have questions about that. And like, sure. why not answer it? Yeah. You know. Well, Annie, this is the, we are out of time, but this is like the first time I think that like we just leaned into being like a lifestyle podcast. <laughs> and yes. uh, this has been kind of fun. I, I, I honestly, not only is this the the longest we've ever talked about this on um, on a podcast, this is maybe the longest we've ever really talked about 
kind of not the not tattoos but like the sort of the thought behind the choice the hmm. the the artistry of it like that actually hmm. i would that's a conversation i want to continue to have um we can have it offline because i don't know if other people are interested <laughs> but i'm actually fascinated by that idea it, I, I will say you have you've turned me around in terms of thinking about uh the motivations and thinking about not that i didn't think it was art but thinking about the interaction between the artist and the patron in a in a different kind of way, um, mm-hmm. I find that I find that actually pretty fascinating. So I'm sure we will continue to to talk about this. If you're enjoying what you're hearing, um, and you want more of us doing a lifestyle podcast, we can <laughs> definitely do that. We probably will at some point. Um, but uh, yeah, if you're enjoying what you're hearing, you should be subs- uh, following at Annie underscore Berglund at twitter.com. You should subscribe to the channel 3900 podcast network. We have lots of great stuff coming down the line. We're still doing uh, episodes of video store. Bookish at Bethel is rounding out its season. Um, we're on hiatus with avatar with academics, although we have actually started recording season three. Uh, we're just not going to p- start putting those out until uh, until June because uh, we want to get a little bit of a backlog. So once we start, we we won't ha- have to stop till we get through the um, till we get through the whole of season three. Uh, Election shock therapy. They're gonna. I hopefully have a couple episodes in May. Um, they we have a tradition now of doing big Supreme Court summer podcasts. So I think those are coming. I've been in conversations with some folks about some other summer pods. So hopefully we have lots of. Uh, good interesting sort of different summer programming uh coming out on the network so subscribe to the network follow at annie underscore brooklyn at twitter.com and we will be back next week with another episode of tweet victory see you then follow us at annie underscore Berglund and or at cwc radio